You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. All right, let's delve into the game itself. How it is right now and the nitty gritty, how it will be in the future and the vision for it. Steve Hocking has been running this exercise all year, the AFL Football Operations Manager in the box at the MCG. Steve, welcome to Crunch Time. Hi, Jared, Bob and, and Kane. Thanks for having me. Let's start with the nitty gritty, shall we? That. The punch that Devin Smith threw last night, Steve, does the AFL, does the MRO have a capacity to deal with that anymore? Yes, they do, Jared. Um, what, uh, what, what we can do is there's misconduct, which is uh, obviously need, you need to uh, make um, contact. So it doesn't apply in that case. But uh, attempting to strike is, is certainly uh, something that uh, we could look at. And Michael Christian and Pat Clifton are uh, at AFL headquarters at the moment working through that. Um, I'll, uh, I'll get to it uh, at the back end of these radio interviews and, um, and, and see where they've landed with it. Is attempting to strike a fine in the current setup? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, what about the more broad issue of the punch, Steve, and that two weeks after what we lived through with Andrew Gaff, uh, if that punch lands last night, um, the game has another absolute flashpoint? Yeah, it's a it's a really good um, discussion to have, Jared. It, it's it's something that has amazed me within this role. Um, how you get a flurry of these uh, over the entire year? There's been a number of um, circumstances where things have been uh, a little a little more forceful than you'd like, and you sort of see it over the next couple of weeks. So. Um, it, it's something that uh, we've been talking about for most of the year. Um, you know, how do you how do you continue to assess this? What role do the players have in it? Do we take it out of their hands? Uh, we doubled the fines around this uh, at the start of the year. Um, I, I think most people are aware of my view uh, on this, and and also the AFL's view. Um, you know, collectively, we we don't want to see this in the game at all at any level, uh, and that's what's important about this. Whatever's seen at this level um, gets mirrored down at the uh, the the next level so we we have to set the right example so we'll work on that um at the end of the season and and see how that plays out next year there's been talk about uh red cards um you know send off a whole host of things what we need to understand is are those things relevant uh when you have a look at um, some of these scenarios um these incidents they're um they're not as regular as what they have been um, in the past. Uh, so clearly there, there has been uh, a stamping out of it. But to see it um, happen over the last couple of weeks has been disappointing. And, uh, yeah, we need to assess that and, and just understand it and, and what's the best way forward with it. So it's not easily done because we have lived through a few incarnations of it. But as a principle, would you like to try to eradicate the punch from the game? Oh, definitely, Jared. I think we'd all like to see that. Um, it's just how you do that effectively. If if uh, you um, bring in some some rules, you know, as people have talked about, um, that's what I'm touching on here. Is is you know the red card or the send off? Who who activates that? Uh, how do you apply it? Um, 
it's another layer for, for umpires uh, to become involved in. I, I don't believe that's the right decision. Do you have a match referee that uh, you set up? Um, do you have a bunker system uh, whereby all that vision's coming in? Uh, if you have a look at the gaff one uh, and you, you left it to the umpires, the umpires didn't see it. So, so we need to work through all those, um, all those different scenarios and, and canvas the right um, decisions around it so that the game's taken care of. And it's certainly something that I've been very clear on since I've arrived in the role that we're, we're doing all of that work in the background. So would you say that there will be change on that front next year? Uh, there'll definitely be change. I can't, um, I can't share what that might look like, but it's certainly something that uh, we, you know, we've got at the top of the list to, to address along with a host of other things. How does it fit into the spirit of the game piece, Steve? Is coaches taking responsibility for some aspects of the way the game looks, players taking responsibility for their conduct on the fields and maybe removing some of the, I think, what you've called rubbish uh, during the year? Is, can you be successful trying to um, get that conversation with the participants in the game to take some ownership and responsibility for it? Look, I, I think uh, I think we can, Jared. I've been really pleased with the response from uh, the coaches. Uh, we've, we've been on a road show now for a couple of months, um, and we've managed to get to all the senior coaches and and the gems uh, of footy. And the response uh, has has been really pleasing, and the honesty as well that's uh, been conducted through those um, discussions. And there's a number of coaches that have just called out the fact that look, I could I could trust myself for 95 percent of it, but the five percent I would probably um, you know, question myself. So what we need to do is you know what are, what what's the tension or the overarching um, uh, whether it be penalty. Um, that you apply. Uh, one of the things we won't be doing um, around it is is getting umpires to put whistles in their mouth because we, we think that um, that's sort of where we've been as a code for a period of time now. Um, and our view is the game analysis team that uh, we've, we've built at headquarters, um, our view is that uh, that's not how we want to apply uh, some of this decision-making moving forward. So we're, we're considering a range of different ways. And then what you'll get, Jared, is you'll get, you'll get players um, and coaches. There's always a percentage, and particularly amongst players, where uh, you might get sort of 75 to 80% of players that um, adhere to it. And then there's always a percentage um, that just you know, find it difficult to do that because of uh, you know, how competitive they are or white line fever or the emotional um, stuff that they're encountering at the time. So we have to be realistic about that as well. But I think over time you can build layers to it would be our view. Another big talking point over the last 24 hours, probably maybe 48 hours, is the priority pick to not only Saint, uh, sorry Carlton but also... Uh, the Gold Coast Suns, where are you up with that and um, can you enlighten us? Uh, so firstly, Kane, um, we need to hear from the clubs. Uh, so they, they actually need to make contact with the AFL and, and put uh, something forward. And, and then beyond that, uh, that's a uh, discussion that needs to be had at executive level and then that goes through to the commission. So I, I would say at this point in time it's a fair way off because um, we, we haven't actually uh, heard from the clubs at this point in time. But do you encourage the clubs to, to come forward if, if you've seen something that you think... Well, oh, yeah, absolutely. We don't encourage them. We certainly are always in dialogue with the clubs. Um, I personally believe that environments are just as important, and I'm sure you would share that view. Um, so we need to get in underneath uh, what those clubs are doing, what they're proposing to do in 2019 in the way they set their coaching programs up uh, and their people decisions and... and um, 
uh, hopefully sort of run alongside them and support them in that decision making. We're certainly doing that with the Gold Coast. Uh, Carlton uh, have appointed Brad Lloyd this week. Mm. Um, that's fabulous for them. A person of great value, really good decision maker. So it's great that he gets an opportunity and he, he'll be able to partner with uh, with Carlton. I believe in a really successful way. So uh, we'll see where it all uh, where it all goes in the next month. But there's no room for that priority pick to be at the end of their first selection. So if they do get one, it'll be at the end of the first round. Oh, that's yeah, that's to be decided as to where it will get placed. There's a there's, a, there's that option. Uh, there's then um, uh, you know, an option around. You know, potentially mature age uh, players as well. So, you know, do you actually need to go to a priority pick scenario, or you know, can you potentially give them access to mature age talent? Because if you have a look at those clubs um, that you, we're talking about, that's actually what they're lacking. Um, I, I'm not sure they need more talent. Um, that, that's a personal view. So, the old idea, Steve, that the picks were at the start of the draft, and your priority pick was say one and two, and then you get to the first round. Is that off the table? Uh, no, it's still there, Jared, okay. but it's, it's it's something that needs greater discussion um, as to you know where the industry sits uh, on all of this. And I, I think the other thing to call out, and, uh, and it's really important around all this discussion, is the industry. You know, they they everybody has a say on this. Uh, we've been quite clear on the game changes uh, that we've been working through. The industry's uh, been involved in all of that, and you know, we've got to make sure that. When you're sitting down having these conversations, discussions around it, and it gets to the pointy end, it's important to have um, strong clubs. So clubs like Gold Coast, Carlton and St Kilda, it's really important for all of us um, that are involved in the industry to have those those teams being able to compete on field. So what are the mechanisms uh, to achieve that? That's what we have to work through, and uh, I personally think it's broader than just uh, you know, pushing a uh, priority pick towards them. So just for clarity, Steve, is it possible that Carlton and the Gold Coast could have the first five picks in next year's in this year's draft? Well, Gold Coast um, are, are currently uh, flush with uh, with top end picks, so they're well on the way. Um, and uh, what I would say, Jared, is there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. So. Um, yeah, I'm not going to answer that because there's just too 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 many uh, decisions to be made around that, and there's people um, at commission level that um, you know, need to make that final decision. Steve, Bob here. I was just curious about the what, what you see as the the biggest threat to our game. Is it is it other codes, or is it is it people sort of is it the lifestyle choices and options people have outside of the game that's, that's stopping people flocking to the game? Yeah, Bob, it's an insightful question, uh, not unexpected from you, so um, thank, thank you. Um, it's, it's like to change it, gear. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a really good discussion. Um, a lot of the uh, the work that we're doing internally, it, it is lifestyle. Um, you know, people are busier than they've ever been, so it, it really is you know, fighting for attention now. There's so many things in the marketplace, and, and you know, for the game to be in the strong position it is, that is because of um, all the good decisions that have, that have been made uh, in the past. And what we need to do is make sure that we continue to you know, steward that decision-making into the future. And, and um, so your point there, I, I think that's the most relevant thing. How do we maintain our attention on our sport? And above all, um, continue to grow the game in the way it has. You know, you've got, you've got um, females that are now involved in the sport. That's, that's just opened up a whole you know, another area of, of the sport that we haven't seen before. And, and that's really healthy for the game. So, um, yeah, I, I think fighting for that attention is really, really important.
I'm curious also, Steve, with with the amount of conversation we're all having, but you being at the forefront of the the, the state of the game and spirit of the game and the, and the, the the potential changes to the game, I imagine it's pretty hard for you to 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 get through your your daily routine without having these conversations on the street. I'm wondering, is there a barista or a publican <laughs> or a milk bar owner in your life that's offered you lots of advice, a constant stream of advice? Is there one that stands out? Well, I frequent the ones in uh, Willie in Williamstown, Bob, which I, I <laughs> know good. that you... That's good. That might have a bit of a bulldog sort of bias towards it. Yeah, yes, definitely. You know how good that place is. <laughs> so we've been fortunate to land there as a family um, and uh, really enjoying that part. But, uh, yeah, I'm certainly, because it is a village existence, I, I am getting a lot of advice. So Steve, just tell us, Steve, how close are you to uh, deciding what changes are going to be made? Uh, we're getting closer, Jared. Uh, we've got um, another uh, trial match on today, um, and there'll be another one next weekend as well at VFL level. Um, from there, we've got uh, a commission meeting at the back end of August, uh, and that will be a workshop meeting, and we'll put a lot of the work um, and, and data and so forth, all the fan research that we've done, we'll, we'll pop that in front of the uh, commission. It's been a build-up towards that. That won't be the first time they've seen it, but there's a lot more work around fans um, and also all the vision and so forth. Uh, the fact that it's been you know, put into 100-plus-minute games, uh, we've got all that, all that um, analysis and vision uh, to take them through. We've then followed that up with a competition committee um, meeting uh, middle of September, and then there's a final commission meeting, and I say final, that's where decisions um, will be made uh, at the back end of uh, September, so um, a week of grand final. Um, so yeah, that's sort of, that, that's the path um, that we're going to tread uh, over the next four to five weeks, and we're re really looking forward to that, because we've done the work now, and um, and, and whatever um, doesn't uh, land where we would like it to, and, and you know, that's solely the Commission's uh, decision, uh, we will continue to take forward you know, a whole host of things uh, into 2019 and keep working on it because this is, this is a new uh, framework that we're, we're working towards uh, for the game and, and, it's, and uh, it's all about care. You know that, Gerard. You, you've seen uh, some of the work that we've done and uh, we'll continue to do. Are you holding your nerve, Steve, as there was the weekend that you ran the trial out at the VFL and there was a series of thrillers and uh, there was a degree of ridicule towards what you were doing? Oh, well, the game just fought back and told you that it's fine. Is, are you still of the view that a level of change is necessary? Oh, look, I don't, I don't think um, anyone uh, should uh, be concerned about my nerve. Um, that, that will be held, no problems at all. Um, so I'll, I'll stay pretty um, straight and upright on that. Um, what, I, uh, what I do recognise and acknowledge is that the game is in a really good place and, and that's, that's just super. Like Everyone should be really happy at, um, with that and celebrate it. I certainly do. Um, it's, it's, you know, the fact that we've got 11 teams um, that are fighting for the, the top eight and we've got a spot in the top four that's still available and it's around 22 is just unbelievably good for the game. But uh, what we'll continue to do is, is make sure we've got the best version of the game on show. And uh, uh, we, uh, we won't look to do that by putting uh, the whistle in the umpire's mouth uh, with further adjudications. We may even uh, potentially uh, streamline some of that decision-making, and that's further work that we've, uh, we've got underway. Um, what we will do is adjust the game where we need to, to to make sure that it continues to just open up a little bit more than uh, what it currently has now. 
we've been on the roadshow with all the 18 coaches and uh, they wouldn't sit here and acknowledge the fact that um, uh, our roadshows had some impact. Um, but I, I would say that uh, those conversations, they've been, uh, they've been brought out of their club focus and, and what is important for the competition longer term. And, and um, you know, that, that would sit in their conscience because they're all really decent people and, and they understand that there's a there's a, a um, care for the game that's got to go on and then there's your own club um, where you need to win. Should footy fans, Steve, expect a larger goal square in 666 next year at Centre Bounces? Jared, uh, um, that's about last week of September that'll be decided. So um, I'm on record as saying October, most of that will will land. Um, clearly... Uh, there's, there's people that uh, are struggling with the larger goal square um, due to uh, tradition. Uh, but Ron Barassi in 1966 and, uh, had an agreement with, uh, between Carlton and Fitzroy to roll out a diamond at uh, Princess Park. And the game's better for it now and it, it's taken the, uh, the form of a square. And uh, the game is so much better because of it. And it was for very similar reasons. They were trying to open the game up. So here we are all these years later and we're talking about similar things. So let's wait and see what 2019 brings. Can I just take you back to the priority pick? You mentioned something that uh, caught our attention with the mature age pick, and that could be an option. How would that work, and how would you roll that out? Well, it's whether, it's whether or not uh, what you do, Kane, in that. There's a couple of different ways, but probably the main um, premise of that would be um, whether or not uh, players that have actually been in the draft previously um, are made available, uh, and they've missed the draft. So you know, they 22, 23-year-olds. Um, and do you do that uh, prior to the draft or do you do that um, post the draft um, and the ones that don't get selected, they actually have uh, some opportunities around that and then they'd need to navigate list spots and so forth. So there's a, there's a host of things that we're looking at to how do we support those teams um, and at the same time uh, give the whole competition access to the top-end talent. And is it what's best for one club is best for everyone or it could be a different solution for both? That's, that's exactly right. It could be a completely different solution, yeah. Jared? On the under-18s front, Steve, there's a piece from Caroline Wilson in The Age today. Is, are you favouring over time making that an under-19s competition again? It's certainly a discussion that's, that's going on Jared, yeah, the, the senior coaches have been quite strong on that. Um, I, I think that the uh, you know, just just reverting back to the original under 19s, I, I'm I'm not sure um, whether we would we would go back to that fully, but it's certainly something that is on the table uh, along with a host of things. What we're talking about here is a pretty long list of things that um, uh, we're, we're working through, and it's it's something we're not pushing back on. We're entertaining as far as you know, how best do we we make sure the best talent is available. Um, and you know, for some young men and, and young women, um, you know, at 18 years of age, they're just not ready to to show up to an elite system. Um, you know, some of them need more time, and uh, I've been uh, you know, I've seen that with, uh, with with players like Matthew Stokes, and I've seen it with Harry Taylor, who came in as a 21 year old, and then you throw in uh, Tom Stewart, you know, they've been my experiences. So uh, how do we best support them so that they're not lost to the elite level and, and they actually get to realise their dreams? So, yeah, it's certainly uh, something we're, we're uh, discussing. Is part of that lifting the draft age? Could be, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's again, something that's on the table. It, it's not something that we've, we've talked about extensively that. Um, 
and and it's not something that the coaches have have, uh, have gone really hard on um, and list managers. But uh, if it if it does, uh, we'll uh, we'll give it due discussion and, and due consideration. So as we finish, Steve, just give us an idea. How have you found the job? It's as broad as I could possibly imagine from the suite of things you've spoken at, and I bet there's a lot more on your desk as well. There is, Jared. Look, I, I, I feel like I've won the lottery, to be quite honest. I, I, I sort of look at um, all of my experiences um, through football and also you know, just my personal um, uh, job uh, work that I've uh, been involved in the past, and I, I sort of feel like it's all come together for this role. And I, I wouldn't have predicted that, but um, I, no, look, I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. I, I've enjoyed coming out, up out of a club uh, role and, and actually working broadly across the industry. It's, it's, um, it's been both insightful, um, it, it's been, I, I, you know, so many good people in football, you know that at club, but when you come to this level, it's, you know, there's so many good people and, you know, you, you look at it, we've got a million plus fans, um, we'll, we'll uh, potentially you know, shoot beyond 300,000 attendees at games this weekend. It, it, it's pretty cool stuff to be involved in, so I'm very fortunate. Does the weight of responsibility sit heavily? Uh, yeah, it definitely does. Not heavily. Um, it, it, it sits comfortably. Um, I, I certainly recognise, acknowledge the level of responsibility that comes with it. But as I've done uh, throughout my time in football and whatever I've done, um, it's about building a team to distribute that level of responsibility. I'm at the pointy end of it. I'm the face of it, uh, definitely. But people like David Rath and and uh, Brett Munro and Pat Clifton. Um, you know, Grant Williams is heading up umpiring now. Um, uh, um, they're, they're just... James Podzadley, they're, like, they're just amazing people. They've got great experiences. They're very, very different in their views uh, and their skill set, and, and that's what I love about football. You get this opportunity. That's why I talk about environments. You set up an environment that can look after the game longer term, and, and what you do is you, you immerse yourself in that. And uh, it just so happens to be that I, I'm at the pointy end of it. I'm, I'm the face of it, but I'm, I'm very comfortable in that role and, and very fortunate to be part of a, a, an excellent executive at uh, AFL headquarters. And we appreciate your insights and sharing it with us. Good on you, Steve. Thanks. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.